So I'm a big anime fan, right? So I was watching Netflix, Record of Ragnarok. And as you're going to see at the end of this episode, I got pretty heated. I do apologize for that. I'm just going to say I am a big fan of Leon Edwards and Yair Rodriguez. Please listen to the episode all the way through so you can understand why I'm saying that. But Netflix, don't listen to everybody being negative online. Please renew Record of Ragnarok like right now if possible. That anime is awesome. I don't know why it's banned in India, but that anime is awesome. Like, oh my god, why do people like just tearing things down, bro? Like, even things I don't like, I'll be like, ah, that shit's garbage. Like, get it out of my face. I don't do that. I only do that to my friends, but like, to people I don't know, I don't do that. Anyway, bro, I just saw a video online about this record of Ragnarok, why it's horrible. I could not disagree with the guy more. I disagree with him so much. Bro, I'm just heated. I'm about to turn this off. That's how I, I'm not even going to edit it right now. I'm going to edit it later. Like, you guys, that, I shouldn't even even said that because you guys aren't going to know if when I edit this or not. But that's how heated I am that I felt like saying that. All right. Record of Ragnarok, watch it. I can't wait for season two, especially with the cliffhanger they left me on. I can't wait. Netflix, please renew it fast. Deuces, guys. I'm sorry if I sound a little confrontational. Just upset me. Deuces. Everybody, we're gonna get right into it. The results of Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Once again, I get it wrong. God darn it, bro. How do I always get this wrong? Like, I want there to be a fight where I get it all right, like before. So I don't understand. I don't understand. I do not understand why I always get this wrong. It bothers me a little bit, a little bit, but we're gonna get into it. Korean Zombie, I know I picked Danny Gate for whatever reason, but I should have picked Korean Zombie because that guy's amazing. He hooked up with Eric Albericin, phenomenal coach. Like, the only criticism I have of Eric Albericin is that he tries to make his fighters marketable by having them talk trash and all this stuff. He did he did that with Paulo, because Paulo wasn't like that before. He did that with the Pitbull Brothers. But kudos to him because it's working, right? Like, we all know who these fighters are. Also, he's doing it with Zombie. And, like, he's a very good coach. That's my only criticism I have. But he's a very, very good coach. I want that to be very clear. So, Zombie beats Ige. Who should he fight next? He should fight... Where is he? Chen Sung Jung. If he fights up... 
The only guy left for him to fight is Yair Rodriguez. And it lines up, right? I don't know if he's going to be ready by July 20, no, July 18th. Because Yair Rodriguez was supposed to fight Max Holloway. But for unknown reasons, Max pulled out. So, Yair Rodriguez left without a po an opponent. Giga Chikatsian is trying to get that fight, but I don't know if it's going to end up happening for him. You could have Giga fight Josh Emmett. But Chan Sung Jung could rematch Yair Rodriguez. They both fought before Chan Sung Jung was beating him and got reckless towards the end and got caught with a crazy elbow. What a fight that was. That was a fight. Woo! That was a fight, bro. I can't. If you have not seen that fight, you should go watch that. Trust me on that. It, it was a great fight. A great fight. Sergey Spivak beat Alexei Olenek. Oh, that was a crazy fight, too. Alexei Olenek, for 40-something years old, had a good chin on him that night. Marlon Chito Vera beats Davey Grant. Great fight. So Siung Wu Chu beats Julian Erosa. Good fight. Bruno Silva beat Wong Tong Terman. I want to say Truman, but it's Terman. And then Matt Brown beat my boy Diego Lima. I didn't see the Matt Brown fight, but I saw the highlights. Crazy KO, bro. Crazy KO. Matt Brown wants to fight one of the Diaz boys next. It doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to happen. Because the Diaz brothers want to fight people that it's going to do something for them. They don't want to do anything for other people because they felt they did that for a while. Like fighting Matt Brown, what does that do for them? Nothing. What did Leon Edwards do for Nate? If Nate would have beat him, he would have been at least in the top 10 at the welterweight from being unranked. That that would have done something for Nate. I think that's what Nick and Nate are going to be looking for. Like, what, what does the fight do for them? Because they understand their status. This upcoming Saturday, Cyril Gain is going to fight Alexander Volkov. What a crazy fight this is. Like, this right here. Let me see what they're ranked. This right here is going to send. Zero gain is number two. I mean, number three. And Volkov is number five. Okay, top five. This is going to tell you who the next challenger is. Because right now we're waiting in the wings for Derek Lewis versus... Francis Ngannou. So, this right here is going to tell you who the next challenger is. So, keep a close eye on that. And especially if one of them wins by, like, devastating knockout or submission. Yeah, I'm excited for this fight. Who else is fighting on this card? Tanner Bozeman is going to fight OSP. Andre Feely is going to fight Daniel Pineda. Tim Means is fighting Nicholas Dalby. And Otto Moicano is fighting. Bro, I'm telling you, these fight night cards are sneaky. I like all those fights. For this one, I like Cyril Gaines' momentum, bro. Like, we all thought he was going to be knocking guys out, but he's been submitting guys. He's been 
for as early as he's on in his career, because I believe he's like 7-0 and or something like that, but he's a very seasoned kickboxer. I'm going to check it out. He's a very seasoned kickboxer, right? Or Muay Thai fighter, sorry. He's 8-0 and in his um, MMA career, but look at all that he beat. Tanner Bozeman, Junior Dos Santos, and Razinho Rosenstrike, and those were only his last three fights. He beat them all. Um, and he's 7-0 as a Muay Thai fighter. So all in all, that's 15 fights that he hasn't lost. And he has three knockout wins, three submissions, and two decisions. So this guy's good everywhere. Like, he's good. He's a good finisher. He can play the long game. So I'm going to go with Cyril Gain. And then I'm going to go with Tanner Bozeman or Bozer. It's Bozer, not Bozeman. Because OSP is moving up and he usually fights at light heavy. So I don't like the sign of that. I understand it's because OSP's original opponent fell out. But usually when they move up like that on short notice, it doesn't end well. So I'm going to go with Tanner Bowser. And then we get a little break from MMA. Because I believe it's 4th of July weekend. So nobody's doing shows. Because... So you have Cyril Gain versus Volkov Saturday. On Friday, you have the season finale of the Professional Fight League season. And you also have a Bellator event. And then Professional Fight League won't come. We're going to get into the, both of those events right now. But Professional Fight League won't come back until the second week of August to start their playoffs. And Bellator won't come back until the weekend after the Conor McGregor fight. So after this weekend, the next UFC event is Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier or Poirier versus McGregor before anybody gets mad that I say it wrong. So there will be a show next week, but there might not be a show after that until the lead up. Until fight week of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Because there's no fights going on. So, we'll see what happens. So, getting into Bellator 261. Okay, this one. Timothy Johnson versus Valentin Moldovsky. Moldovsky? I think that's how you say his name. This is for the interim heavyweight belt. The reason it's an interim belt is because right now the heavyweight champion, Ryan Bader, is part of the light heavyweight Grand Prix. And he won his first match. So he's going to be at the light heavyweight Grand Prix for a while. Either when he either wins it or once he gets knocked out. So they're using this as a placeholder to see who would fight him next at heavyweight. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this fight defends that belt. At least once. They might not have to. But I wouldn't be surprised if they defend it at least once. Because I'm hearing that the Grand Prix. Won't be over till October. So I believe the second rounds. Are going to start. In August. Um, and then this Carmouche is going to fight. Kana Wannabe. Daniel Welch is fighting Keone Diggs. Miles Jury is fighting Sydney Outlaw. Is this a real name? I'm excited for this fight. I'm really excited for all these Bellator fights. Like, 
They're very sporadic, but, bro, they're awesome. And then Bellator after this event will not be back until July 16th, the Friday after Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, where Juliana Vasquez will fight Kale Holtz. So we got a doubleheader Friday because also, where is it? What the heck? Did I lose it? No, it's right here. Professional Fight League. So, their last regular season event will be this Friday. And then they're not coming back until the 13th of August. They're also changing locations to Florida. So their playoffs will run August 13th, August 19th, and August 27th. Because I believe... That'll be the first round, and then all of the all of the last fights take place on New Year's Eve, I believe. I'm not sure. But headlining the card is Kayla Harrison. She will take on Cindy Dan- Dandius. Anthony Perez will try and get his final hopes at playoffs against Raouge Man- Manifio. Manifio? Bro, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Molvid Kahabulavid <laughs> will fight Lance Palmer. Dennis Goldstoff will fight Brandon Sales. And then Larissa Pashiko will fight Olina Kolinisic. Bro, I am hope I'm saying all these wor- names right. I guarantee you I'm not. They're confusing. Bro, I'm telling you, watch out for this Larissa girl. She can take out Kayla Harrison. I think they fought in the finals before. And if these girls become the number one and number two seed, they'll make the playoffs but won't fight each other until the finals. I hope that happens. And it very well could happen unless one of them loses. I'm watching this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to try and watch both at the same time. (laughs) Both ESPN, I mean, yeah, PFL. I might have PFL on my tablet, and then I'll have Showtime running on the TV. I'll figure it out. I can't miss any of these. Like, it's so good, bro. Oh, I'm going to go with Kayla Harrison, Anthony Pettis, and this Larissa Pachico girl. And then for the Bellator fights, I'm going to go with... Timothy Johnson and Liz Carmouche. Can't wait. Um, Let's talk about the Rory McDonald situation. Bro, Blaine and Robbery. I don't care what anybody says, and I'm very neutral when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but if you tell me Glayson Tebow won this fight, I need you to explain to me how he won this fight. Rory McDonald dominated that fight from bell to bell. The only round I can probably give Glayson Tebow is round three. But other than that, rounds one and two were clearly, clearly Rory McDonald's. And it's very sad, right? Because my opinion doesn't matter. But the fact that there's three people around the cage with a flick of a pen, you can decide these guys. Like, I wonder if these judges realize the magnitude of their decisions. Like, were they even watching the fight? Like, there has to be accountability put here. Like, it's the same thing with the Vasily Lomachenko and Timofimo Lopez 
fight. I honestly thought Lomachenko won that fight. Because from round seven on, I had him winning. So that's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's six rounds to Timofimo six, and there's probably another round in there. I think I gave Lomachenko round two because he landed a really nice hit. Because I know I had Lomachenko winning. I had him winning seven rounds to six because I gave him seven through 12, and I believe I gave him round two. I want to know how in God's name did these guys get the fight to Gleason. Two judges did. One judge gave it to Rory, but the other two judges gave it to Gleason Tebow, which I don't, I cannot fathom. Rory's, he wants to have an investigation happen to see what's going on here because he now is the number two seed. He honestly should be the number one seed. No, not even that. He shouldn't even have that loss. That should be a win for him because he clearly won that fight. Like, I, I honestly don't think Rory really cares what seed he got. But the fact that he has a loss on his record that shouldn't be there, that's probably what's bothering the heck out of him. It would bother me too. Like, these judges, they need to start having accountability towards them, man. It's sad. Really sad. Nick versus Jorge. So, okay, what's going on with Jorge is he had his game bred bare knuckle MMA event this past Thursday, I believe. And they told him, so, Jorge, wh what's up with you? Like, what are you going to do next? Yeah, he wants to fight between October and November. He wants to fight a top five guy. So I went to the UFC rankings. And I understand these U UFC rankings could be kind of a joke, but... To the criteria he gave them, he wants to fight a top five guy. He's currently number seven. Here's the problem with that. Michael Chiesa is currently going to fight Vicente Luque. Stephen Thompson is going to fight Gilbert Burns. Colby Covington is rumored to fight Kamar Usman next. The only guy open for him to fight in the top five is Leon Edwards. And Leon said that he doesn't want to fight him because he just got KO'd. I believe Leon should fight him because he'll strengthen the case that he's the next number one guy. You just put Nate in your back pocket and you're going to go in there and put the guy that punched you in backstage in your back pocket. Now Usman, he can't refuse you after he fights Colby. Or neither can Colby after if he were to beat Usman. The only thing that would stop Leon if he were to beat Jorge from getting a, a title shot right after that is if Colby beats Usman and they run it for the trilogy. That's the only thing that would stop Leon from getting the title shot after this Colby Covington, Kamar Usman rematch. So, I believe he should fight Jorge. I believe it would be a good fight. I don't know who would win because Jorge looked very good in the Usman fight and he just got caught. Keep those hands up, Jorge. Keep those hands up. But going back to Nick, if he doesn't end up fighting Leon, the fight to make is Nick Diaz. I believe Nick Diaz has two fights left on his contract because I remember right before he fought Anderson, he signed 
Now, what I don't remember is if he signed a three a new three fight deal, or if he fought, if he signed a three fight extension. The difference would be is if it's a three fight deal, he just has to do three fights for the promotion, and that's it. With an extension, let's say because I don't know, but let's say he had two fights left on his old contract, and they extended it to three more. So before heading into the Anderson fight, he would have five fights left. After the Anderson fight, it's four. So that's one thing I don't know. But let's say it's a three-fight deal. He has two fights left on that contract. Why not Jorge for the BMF belt? These guys can sell out Madison Square Garden. They could sell out the T-Mobile Arena at the end of the year. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to see that? I mean, it's a big fight. It's money that they both want. It's a winnable fight for both guys, especially Nick. We haven't seen Nick since 2015, right? Nick looks like he's in better shape now than he was when he was fighting. Have you guys recently seen him? Like, I don't know, man. He probably got all the partying out of his system. Because that's the thing, right? When Nick was fighting, he was very disciplined and he... he Never partied in any of that. And then once he got, like, suspended, he said, man, forget this. And he started partying. He probably got all of that out of his system. What if he's a better fighter now? Now, this is probably me guessing him up, sure. But I'm just saying, it is a possibility, right? It's a possibility that because he did all that, got it out of his system, started taking training really serious again, he could come back a better fighter. Or he lost his chin and... Jorge, one of these guys clocks him and he gets laid out stiff cold. We don't know. Like, these are answers, right? And then I recently just saw a video of Caesar Gracie saying that it's quite possible Nick might come back in September and it might not be in the UFC and it might be a boxing match. I mean, Nick has never said, kept it quiet that all he wanted was something that gives him the most money and with Tyron boxing with Anderson boxing. These guys are making a bag, bro. So you don't think Nick sees that and he doesn't want that? Because he was the first one. He was going to fight some guy, somebody named Lacey or something like that. Before he signed to fight Anderson. I want to say his name was Tracy something. I don't remember. But... My point is that Nick was trying to do all this stuff before all before McGregor fought Mayweather, so nothing new. But if he were to come back to MMA for a big fight, it would have to be Jorge Masvidal, right? Would have to be for the BMF belt. UFC two sixty four did over six hundred thousand buys worldwide. 600,000. And the payouts were, I believe, Israel Asanya, 500,000. Marvin Vittori, 300,000. Brandon and Nate, 250,000. I believe Nate made a lot more. I believe Nate had a big push in the fact that it was 500,000. People are going to say, well, Izzy's last fight when he fought Jan, it was 500,000. Yes, but there were also two other title fights on there. And the mystique of Israel Adesanya moving up. And nothing was open. 
I guarantee you the Texas card does better than they would have stayed on that one. I don't know how much better, but better than what it did. I guarantee you this fight doesn't do as well if Nate wasn't on it. I don't know how less well, but less than what it did. Like, I understand that this sounds like I'm guessing up the Diaz brothers because I like them so much. Because I really do, but think about it. Israel Adesanya's fight with Jan Brokovic did 500,000 buys. Conor McGregor's fight with Cowboy Cerrone did like 1.5 million. I heard that Masvidal and Diaz did about a million. I heard Masvidal and Usman did about a million. But again, around the Masvidal Usman, the first one. Around that time, nothing was open, so people were at home. No sports were happening at that point just yet because that's when Fight Island was, the very first Fight Island event was happening. No sports was happening. So people were at home bored. So if you're going to sit here and tell me Nate didn't have a big deal, and I guarantee you he's made more, I bet you, his actual pay structure was between 500000 to $800,000. I guarantee you he had a deal for the gate and points. I guarantee it because he's a big star, bro. Again, it's going to sound like I'm guessing them up, but I'm just trying to show that they're big stars. AJ McKee versus Pitbull. It's official, they're fighting, and they're fighting here in L.A. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go because I didn't think it was going to be so soon. So, I'm not going to be able to go to that. I'm a little bummed, but it's cool, bro. Woo! I'm excited for the fight to happen, though. Like, if you're not excited for this fight, I don't consider you a real fan. That's okay, though. Like, don't get mad that I'm saying that because it shouldn't bother you. But that fight set. They're doing it on Saturday, too. And it kind of worried the UFC so much so that they moved Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland, who was supposed to fight on August 7th. They were supposed to fight on August 7th. I wonder if they just did that event to go head-to-head with Bellator. So now they're the main event on July 31st. It will be in LA. It will be at the Forum. I don't know if it's going to be full capacity. I will find out. Probably tomorrow and I'll post it somewhere. Dude, this was the fight I wanted to see all tournament long. Like this was it because I knew they were the two best in it. That might sound egotistical with Juan Archuleta in there, with Emmanuel Sanchez in there, with Darian Caldwell. But when I saw who was in it, I'm like, these two are the guys. And luckily, bro, luckily, when they did the fighters get to pick the second round slots, AJ went first and he goes, I want to fight as soon as possible. So they fought, 
in September. Everybody that night fought the first round on the same day. So everybody fought the first round on September at the forum. And then after that, they had to pick and they had the dates spread out already and they knew where who was going where. AJ fought again in December in Hawaii. I forgot who he fought, but he fought again in December in Hawaii. And he won. And then COVID hit and it pushed back Darian Caldwell's. His fight with Darian Caldwell. Okay, let me go back. So, the fight happens, right? The fights happen the first day, no problem. Pitbull is the last to pick because he's the champion. But there was a twist. So, they all picked first and this, this, and that. And then Pitbull got to pick. But there was a twist. Because since Pitbull was the champion, they let him pick whatever day he wanted. Like, it didn't matter if that spot was filled. Like, he would swap out with whoever he wanted to fight. So, Darren Caldwell was going to fight. I want to say his name is Pedro Cavallo. And then, so he swapped Darren Caldwell. And he took his place and they fought, right? Darian Caldwell and Pedro Cavallo were on the opposite bracket of AJ McKee's fight. Like the only fight open was the one under AJ McKee on the same side of the bracket. But once he picked it, because he wanted to fight the last day. That was the last day in March because I think Darian and Pedro had the same idea that they didn't want to fight so close to the opening day. So they wanted the most rest possible. So they picked the last day of the quarter of the quarterfinal matchups. But because Pitbull, he was kind of hurt because he got cut up in the in the Juan Archuleta fight. He's like, I need to take a rest, so I want the last day. So he ended up fighting Pedro Cavallo. So the, these fights are set, right? Bam, AJ fights in December, he wins. The week of the of the last round of of the Grand Prix, COVID hit. And Bellator was going to do Pedro Cavallo versus Pitbull behind closed doors. But for whatever reason, it didn't end up happening. So that fight got pushed, I want to say, between October to November. So they end up fighting until October, November. So, so did Emmanuel Sanchez fight with somebody that I can't remember. So he won. Emmanuel Sanchez won. Darren Caldwell had won. AJ McKee won. So the semifinals were set, right? Fast forward, because in that time, they went from zone to CBS Sports to Showtime. Because... Their time with the zone was ending. They were gonna go and get repackaged with CBS Sports. They didn't want to resign with the zone because I guess subscriptions were down. I mean, they they were about to lose. Kind of like think about it. They were about to lose. Kind. I'm talking about the zone here. 
they were in a lawsuit with Canelo. Like, if Canelo would have won that lawsuit, he would have destroyed the zone. I don't care how big of a star they think Anthony Joshua is. The zone, if they would have lost that lawsuit to Canelo, they would have been done for. So, they're in this lawsuit with Canelo. Somehow, he reaches an agreement with them that he gets some type of money back. He gets rid of Golden Boy as his promoter. He signs on with Eddie Hearn to like co-promote with Canelo Promotions. And he's still fighting on the zone. They are going to hold on. This is the zone. They are going to hold on to Canelo and Anthony Joshua as long as possible because those are their those are their um cash cows losing one or both of those guys will will signal the end for the zone I don't care what anybody tells me so they get rid of Bellator Bellator just decides now we're not going to resign the, Bellator was one of the main reasons I had the zone but once I heard they were leaving I'm like it's not worth paying this much just to watch Canelo fight because I didn't I don't really like watching Anthony Joshua fight because he fights nobodies. I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's the truth. Like I wish Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder would fight on there. Then it would make it worth it for me. But they don't. They fight for ESPN slash Fox slash Showtime. Tyson Fury fights for ESPN. But getting back to what I was saying. So they leave this on. They go to CBS Sports. CBS Sports converts into what now is Paramount Plus. So I sat here wondering, I'm like, so where are they going? Are they going to be on Paramount Plus? Are they going to be here or there? But then I heard rumblings that they were going to go to Showtime. And that made sense because if you guys remember, I don't know, some may not remember. Strike Force was a part of Showtime. And if you remember... Scott Coker was running Strike Force at the time. So he has to have a great relationship with Showtime, right? And they understand the business Scott does. So they tell him, okay, we're going to put you guys on Showtime. So at the end of 2020, Bellator did not have an event until April of 2021. And their opening event was Emmanuel Sanchez versus Pitbull because AJ McKee it's because I don't remember because I remember that even though their their deal was coming to a close like DAZN was still having some of Bellator's fights on DAZN and it was getting broadcast on CBS Sports 2 I don't remember if AJ McKee and Darian Caldwell's fight was broadcasted on DAZN or at that point just CBS Sports but they, they didn't last long on CBS Sports because I think it went from October to the end of so about two months. And then from October to December, from December until April is when Bellator came back. So the opening card for the for Showtime with Bellator was Pitbull and Emmanuel Sanchez. Pitbull demolished Emmanuel Sanchez within the first round. I love Emmanuel Sanchez, but that's the truth. So now we got probably the biggest fight in Bellator 
featherweight history. This could easily, these two guys can easily fight for the UFC belt. They can. Like, I don't care what anybody tells me. Michael Chandler proved that. Michael Chandler proved that. He was seconds away from beating Charles Oliveira. Seconds. I know for a fact, unless things have changed and he re-signed with them, I know for a fact, AJ McKee, including this fight, coming up with Pitbull, he has two fights left. So after this fight with Pitbull, it would be one more fight. What I don't know is if he resigned, and I believe the same thing goes for Pitbull. I believe on his current deal, there's two fights left. I asked his manager. His manager didn't answer me. I don't even know if that's his manager anymore. I know he was at one point, but I don't know if he is now. But, bro, if you don't know who these guys are, please Google them. You will get hyped for this fight. This is a good fight. Who am I taking in this fight? Honestly, I want AJ to win. Because if AJ wins, I guarantee you he tells him, okay, now I want a rematch, but I want to fight him at lightweight for his other belt. And then if he fights him there and wins, he could potentially walk out of Bellator as champ champ. Of course, what will end up happening, he vacates the belts, and if he desires to go to the UFC... That's what would happen, but he'll walk out as champ champ. Much like Will Brooks did when he left the, the organization. He was champion that they did a interim belt with Michael Chandler and all that stuff. But that's the only reason I would want to see AJ. Like, on a per, like, I love AJ. Like, I'm telling you, I have a special place in my heart for these Bellator fighters because I understand how good they are. But a lot of other people don't for the simple fact that they don't fight in the UFC. So for me, they have a special place in my heart, even for the PFL guys. Because I understand how good these guys are. Anderson Silva took out Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. this past weekend. He just solidified himself as a GOAT, as the GOAT. I don't care what anybody tells me. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is a legit boxer. Okay, he might not be his dad. He might be a laughing stock of the sport of boxing, considered by many experts slash hardcore fans. But that dude is a legit boxer. He's fought legit competition. He's won. So that dude is a legit boxer. And I don't understand how it was a split decision. And then Chavez says that he believes it could have been a draw. It should have been a draw. I'm like, dude, what fight are you watching? Silva clearly won that. You might say that I'm saying that because I'm an MMA guy. But I'm a fair guy. Like, if I feel somebody else won, that's like me saying, that's like me saying, Nate Diaz beat Leon Edwards. Like, what? What? I love the Diaz brothers. But I'm a fair guy. Like, come on, bro. He won that fight. So, I asked his manager, Ed Soros. I'm like, so, is Anderson going to fight again? He goes, dude, I have no idea. Also, can somebody tell me why it was switched from 10 rounds to 8? Like, 
Nobody seems to have the answer for that. Like I asked Ed Soros too. He goes, I have no idea. I didn't work on his boxing deal. At least that's what he told me. I don't see why he would lie to me. So, Anderson Silva's future? Honestly, Jake Paul should stay away from him. He will hurt Jake Paul. Like, I'm not saying he will knock him out or anything, but unless Jake Paul lands a big bomb on him, I don't see Anderson Silva losing. He just took out Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. The dude has like a 54-7 and record or 6. Like, come on, bro. So, whether Anderson fights or not, I'm very happy for him. And he made an extra 100k because Julio Cesar Chavez didn't make weight. I believe they were supposed to fight at 182. And he came in at like 184, 183. Colby Covington's comments. Bro, Colby Covington, I don't know where he gets his information, but... He seems to be able to get under people's skin like nobody else. So Kobe went on and did an interview, I believe, with those Australian guys, Submission Radio. Those guys are awesome. And he goes, did you guys know? He calls them Marty. When he says Marty, he means Kamar Usman. He goes, did you guys know Marty Fake Newsman met with CAA? Because he didn't like the fact that his current manager, Ali, couldn't keep him away from me. He doesn't want to fight me. He's the CEO of EPO. Again, these are not my words. These are Colby's words. And then after, I want to say either a few hours or a few days after, Usman puts up a post of him and Ali together. And he says, my brother till the end. The comment sections are like, whoa, Colby really got to him. Like, I don't know how Colby does it. Like, if he's always had this in him and, like, he was just very respectful towards people and he just never did that. Or, I don't know, bro. But Colby's always had this in him and he just never did it. And he became the biggest unlikable guy in MMA. I love Colby so much so that people start giving me shit about it. People that I love. Like, one guy accused me of being racist for the simple fact that I love Colby. I'm not. I promise you I'm not. But I think it's funny how like he could get so much under people's skin that they wish bad things upon him. I'm like, you guys do understand that this is exactly what that guy wants, right? Like there's even videos of him with with a fan, a young fan saying the fan says to him, he's like, Man, you should really show this side of you so people know the real you. And Colby straight out tells him, doesn't sell. Because Colby was going to get cut. I felt like I've said this story before, but Colby was going to get cut. And he had to figure out a way to make people start talking about him. And yada, yada, yada. And he figured out a way. And Colby's one of the biggest stars in the UFC. Colby can fight. I get excited when Colby's going to fight. I can't, I hope Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington is next. That's the fight I'm hoping for. Conor McGregor recently did a, a, a interview with Fox News and he's saying it's for all the marbles. Like Conor knows what's at stake. He knows that it's do or die for him. And I believe, I believe 
we're going to see a very different Conor McGregor. I was accused of being a simpleton, but I believe we're going to see a very different Conor McGregor. The reason I believe this is because I heard stories that he wasn't really training all that much. He moved his training camp to, I want to say Portugal, to a secluded island. He probably had a lot of yes people around him. Um, I believe he wasn't really focused. I think he, he thought he was just going to smoke Dustin because even before the fight, he was talking about like, oh yeah, I'm going to fight Manny Pacquiao in October or something. Like around this time, around the summertime, around August, because I find it kind of funny how he's going to fight Errol Spence August 21st. So that was probably the, the, the day they were thinking about for the McGregor fight. Because even his boxing coach said it. Like they were talking like this was a done deal. That he was going to smoke Dustin. And all this stuff. Because if you look at that fight. He took a boxing stance. Like he took a very Diaz approach to it. With a heavy. With his weight on his front foot. And like he was kind of confused. That Dustin kept throwing that calf kick. He was doing damage. He was doing damage. But once he saw that Dustin took that hit. of his, He was like dang. This is going to be hard. So we'll see, man. I believe Connor's going to come in with a different mindset. I believe here he is taking this fight serious because it's do or die for him. And honestly, from here, he can go one or two ways. He'll fight Diaz if he loses. And he'll fight Oliveira if he wins. Because by what I'm seeing, Chandler's going to fight Gaethje. The winner of Dustin and McGregor fights Oliveira. That's what I feel is going to happen. So, a lot of people call me crazy, but I like Connor's chances against Oliveira as long as he can stay away from his jiu-jitsu. If he stays away from his jiu-jitsu, you don't think Connor can clock him and knock him out? Chandler almost did. What makes you think Connor can't? I want to talk about three more things. We're going to get into current events right now, but I want to talk about two more topics. The first one I want to talk about is Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. I've been sitting on this for a while, and you guys aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but I think Jake Paul's going to win. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, because at first I'm like, there's no way Tyron Woodley loses this fight. But I thought about it, and I thought about it. I'm like, okay, hold on here. Tyron Woodley's a big puncher. But what if he doesn't land one of those big punches, and Jake Paul starts to outbox him, because... If Jake Paul proved anything to me with this Ben Askren fight is that he could box. Like Tyron's chin isn't what it used to be because Ben used to be able to take shots and he couldn't take shots from Jake Paul. So what makes me believe that T. Wood's going to be able to take it? Like if in the first round T. Wood takes a shot, I'll be like, okay, Jake Paul's bone. But if Jake Paul's able to go in there, move around on his feet a little bit, freeze T. Wood up, and then around the fifth round of the Land that big bomb that put out Askren. I see that happening. So now I understand why the line is the way it is. Because at first I'm like, there's no way. There is no way Tyrone Willie loses this fight. And then I started thinking. I'm like, well, he doesn't take a punch as well as he used to. So there's that. So I think Jake Paul wins this fight. As much as it hurts me to admit that. 
I think Jake Paul's gonna win this fight. But he's funny, man, because he starts saying that I think I could be Canelo. Jake Paul, don't hurt yourself, bro. You're doing good. But don't go in there committing career suicide by trying to fight Canelo. Canelo will hurt you. Fight Anderson Silva. I'm telling you, I think Anderson Silva would be a bit uh, more... How can I say this without putting T-Wood down? Because Anderson Silva actually boxed. Like, if T-Wood doesn't land that power shot, like, what is he going to do is what I'm thinking. Like, Anderson Silva will box. It could be another case where Jake Paul lands that big hit and knocks Anderson Silva out. That could happen, too. But it intrigues me for him to fight Anderson Silva more than T-Wood because now all I'm seeing is that T-Wood's going to have that power hit. But what if that power hit doesn't land? You know what I mean? Like, I'm more excited for Nate Diaz to box Jake Paul because Jake Paul lands that power hit. Nate Diaz is still coming. Nate Diaz can box. Ask Andre Ward. Nate Diaz can box. The last thing I'm going to talk about topic-wise is... Let me see if I can find it. Kamar Usman welcomes... This is kind of a current event, but not really. I'll get into more current events later. Kamar Usman welcomes Nate Diaz fight if you really want this 187. For those of you that don't know, a 187 is code for, is code for homicide. As UFC champion at 170, Kamar Usman has his pick of challengers and he's not counting out the promotion's most popular fighters. On Tuesday, Nate Diaz tweeted out a Indiculous reaction to yet to be rebooked rematch between Usman and Colby Covington writing, Who's this guy gonna fight next? Someone he already KO'd along with an emoji of a man face palming. Diaz is referring to the grudge match between Usman and Colby which took place December 2019 that Usman won by TKO with less than a minute remaining in the fight. What a great fight that was. Since then Usman has successfully defended his belt three times. Most recently knocking Jorge Masvidal in spectacular fashion, true, with several top names already on his list of victories, all sides point to a second fight between Usman and Covington. Usman saw Diaz's comment and he responded by telling Diaz that if he wants the fight, then he can call UFC executive Hunter Campbell. And then this is Usman's tweet. I see you 209, if you really want this 187, then call your boy Hunter with the... Smirking, smiling face emoji. Um, Diaz later issued a tweet that suggests he's fine with waiting for Usman to resolve his feud with Covington. And then Nate responds with, You're locked down. You do what you're told like a good champion. And then he puts a picture of Covington like down on the canvas after he got caught with Usman's punch. And then Usman replies, keyword champion. Are you guys just internet tough nowadays? Like I said, you really want this pressure? Then holla at your boy Hunter with a winky face emoji. And then Nate responds, you're doing great, champ. I wasn't trying to disrespect you. Have a good fight with one of those poor guys you already beat up. Okay. Again, shows you the power of Nathan Diaz. That guy, he just said that. He just said that, and look at how he got Usman to react. I honestly did something similar, because after this 
this conversation, Usman or whoever runs his Instagram put up the caption 187 with all his wins, like a win over Colby, a win over Masvidal, a win over Leon, and I believe a, a win over Tyron Woodley. And all I said was, dang, Nathan got to him. I said something along those lines. And some guys are like, these were his words. He's like, how is that, fool? Like, he called me a fool. And I'm like, bro, relax. Like, why why am I a fool? Why are you calling me that? Didn't he say that to Nate? And then he, the guy goes on to say, well, didn't Nate apologize to him and say no disrespect, champ? And I go, yes, but why are you so angry? You don't need to be angry. Like, you sound angry. If you're not angry, I do apologize for saying that to you, but you sound angry. That I left it at that. Some other guy put it to that guy. Such an emotional little butterfly. Not to me, right? But that's funny, man. I find it funny how people, like, I didn't mean anything by it. That's not true. Like, I want to see the reaction that we get, but I wonder if this guy, I wonder if he's around, like, between the ages of 18 to 20, because I was like this around that time, that I didn't like GSP. I was a Nick Diaz guy all the way. That people would say, GSP, go. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. He's scared to fight Nick, because at that time, Nick was in strike force, so it was kind of hard. And I'm like, Nick will beat him. Nick will beat him. Like, I wouldn't give GSP his credit nowadays. Being older, I have to give him his credit because GSP is one of the best. Nick is too, but GSP's accolades speak for themselves. So that was funny. Sorry for that little rant, but I just wanted to say that with you. Okay, let's get into some current events. With Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez shelved, Islam Makhachev will now fight Thiago Moises in new UFC 31 headliner. Boo! Let me say that again. Boo! God dang it, bro. They couldn't give Giga the fight. Like, really? How are we going to get new stars if nobody wants to fight anybody? Like, how are we going to get new stars? Like, is he probably going to wait for Max. Man, I don't even want to read this. I'm going to read this art. UFC Vegas 31's new headliner, Islam Makhachev versus Thiago Moises after the postponement of a featherweight headliner between ex-champ Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. The bout would be contested over five rounds. Thank God. The news was confirmed by MMA fighting by multiple people with knowledge of the shift after an initial report from MMA Junkie. UFC Vegas 31 will take place July 17th at, U- at UFC Apex. In Las Vegas and Arizona ESPN+. Plus. Again, boo! They should have made that at the Palms, bro. Maybe, maybe. Because I heard Dana White got banned, but I don't know at what casino. Maybe the Palms bombed him. Banned him. Banned him again. Because he won a lot of money. With Holloway's withdrawal due to injury, featherweight standout Giga Chikatsian 
said he was offered a chance to fight Rodriguez, but he said Rodriguez declined the bout. <laughs> Boo! How is Yair Rodriguez gonna be? He was. This guy is. He first of all, when they signed him, it was a big signing from Mexico. But with him acting like this, like the last time we saw him was when he rematched Jeremy Stevens back in October of 2019 when Dominic Reyes KO'd uh, Chris Weidman. Like with him acting like this, how is he ever going to become what they expected of him? The new day for Holloway for Rodriguez has not been announced. Duh, no duh, because how are we going to get a bout agreement with this guy hurt? UFC Vegas 31 is co-headlined by Bantamweight bout between ex-champ Misha Tate and Marlon Renau. Tate is returning from retirement while Renau is fighting. Was she billed as her retirement fight? Oh yeah, I heard about that. Makachev, a protege of former UFC lightweight champ Habib Nurmagomedov, makes his return four months after a dominant decision over Drew Dober at UFC 259, which marks his seventh straight win in the lightweight division. Moises has won three straight with his most recent win coming in February with the decision over Alexander Hernandez. Again. Boo! Bro, I am... I don't know. And I like Yair, bro, but, like, come on, man. Bro, I'm at, that, that ruined my whole, like, I want to turn this off right now. Let's see. UFC Luis Pena accused of punching girlfriend breaking phone in domestic dispute. Damn, the guy looks like Sideshow Bob. The robbery and battery charges depending against UFC lightweight Luis Pena stems from an alleged domestic violent incident on June 14th, where his girlfriend of one year told police that he punched her and broke her iPhone 11. E. Pena, 27, remains in Ballward County, Maine jail, as he awaits a bond hearing on the trio of charges. Hold on, before that it goes, when police in Boca Raton, Florida were called to the woman's residence on a domestic disturbance call, she said she had just engaged in a physical altercation with Pena after he accused her of looking at other men on Instagram, grabbed her phone, and destroyed it according to a domestic probable cause affidavit in Palms Beach County, obtained by MMA Fighting. E. And then it goes on to say, Pena remains in Baldwin County, Maine jail awaits. Bond hearing on a trio of charges that triggered the arrest warrant in Palm Beach County because he was arrested in a different county than the alleged crime. His attorney, Daniel Martinez, told MMA Fighting his bond hearing has been delayed due to COVID-19 restrictions. It has been taken up to 30 days to transfer inmates between jails. Martinez said he is working to get Pena a hearing this week and denies the charges against his client. An accusation is not worth a piece of paper it's printed on. He said nobody was there. There's no evidence. It's just a person's rendition versus person B's. Accusations are accusations. Evidence is evidence. Damn, this sucks. And I like Luis Peña a lot. Peña is charged with three crimes. Robbery by sudden snitch, snatching, battering, and criminal mischief. 
The first two are felonies that potentially carry serious jail time. The UFC told ESPN, which first reported the domestic violence affidavit, that the promotion is monitoring Pena's case and said the fighter has been suffering from substance abuse issues. Dang. The week prior to his arrest, Pena said he planned to get help after struggling with mental health issues. The woman's name, who is redacted from the affidavit, told police that she and Pena engaged in a physical confrontation on June 14th that left her with lacerations on her left side of her lip and scraped and bloodied bruises. The UFC fighter then allegedly took her house keys and a key fob, promoting her to walk to a nearby gas station to call the police. The woman later recovered the keys she believed were stolen. Pena wasn't at the woman's residence when police responded and police weren't able to contact him at the extended stay America where he, she said he was staying. Later that same day, an anonymous caller tipped off Ballward County Sheriff's Office that the UFC fighter was returning to the woman's residence to kill her and added Pena was suicidal with a gun and knife in his possession, the affidavit stated. Oh, no. Investigators then contacted Pena by, fo by phone. He refused to talk to police per the affidavit and said he would go to Ballward County Police Station with an attorney present. The woman told officers that Pena had banished a handgun and threatened to kill himself several weeks prior when they spoke via FaceTime. She was upset that the police had not arrested Pena and ended the interview by walking back into her residence and slamming the door to the affidavit said. That same day, investigators filed a probable cause affidavit and obtained a warrant to arrest Pena who was picked up in a nearby Coral Springs, Florida and taken to Ballward County. After an anonymous tip was called in, a public information officer from Coral Springs police told MMA fighting robbery by sudden snatching is classified as a third degree felony in Florida and is punishable up to five years and five, a $5,000 fine. Pena's attorney expects the case to be dropped after the fighter is bonded out and said it's his understanding the alleged victim does not want to press charges, though he declined further comment. I don't think anybody wants Luis to go to jail, Martinez said. I think that people sometimes have disagreements, misunderstandings, and anybody can say anything about anyone. I can say you punched me in the face doesn't make it true, brother. Pena most recently fought at UFC Vegas 24, which earned a split decision win over Alexander Munoz. The win followed a submission lost to Kamaha Worthy that was accompanied by a four-plus-month suspension and a fine for a positive marijuana test. Dang. One more. I don't want to end on a negative note like that, but poor Luis Pena. He, I like him a lot, but if these are true, like I hope he does get the help he needs. One more, one more. Find a fun one. Oh, okay. Boo again on the news I heard about Yair Rodriguez. I just want to put that out there. I'm a little sad. <laughs> okay, okay. This one sounds fun. This one sounds fun. 
Leon Edwards and Bula Muhammad get into heated exchange. Aren't you the guy that got three-pieced in the soda? Last week, both Leon Edwards and Bula Muhammad picked up unanimous decision wins at UFC 263 with Edwards dominating early, then surviving the last-minute surge from Diaz and Muhammad winning a fairly pedestrian decision over Damian Maya. Then earlier this week, Muhammad once again called for a rematch with Edwards saying, that he and Edwards had unfinished business and in the nature of Edwards win pre-concluded him from getting a title shot next. On Tuesday, Edwards responded to Muhammad's interview calling Muhammad a clown for saying he doesn't deserve a title fight. That set off a heated response from Muhammad mocking Edwards for the infamous three-piece in the soda incident where Edwards was attacked by Jorge Mazadal backstage at USC London. Morning reports, Bilal Muhammad calls Leon Edwards rematch. You didn't earn yourself a title fight. And then Leon Edwards responds, ha ha ha, clown. The ha ha is three laughing emojis. And then he responds to that by by having a comment on his tweet. Aren't you the guy that got three pieces and a soda? In your own country? <laughs> That's funny. With your brother right next to you? And Masvidal was alone? Had to hit him with three tweets and a soda. That's funny. Mohammed and Edwards have had beef with one another since earlier this year. When Mohammed stepped in on short notice to face Edwards. In the main event of UFC, two, of UFC Vegas 21. The bell was Edwards' first fight in nearly two years and one that Rocky hoped would cement a title shot for himself. However, an eye poke from Edwards just 18 seconds into the second round rendered Mohammed unable to continue and resulted in a no contest. Following the disappointing ending, Mohammed called for an immediate rematch, but Edwards was entirely uninterested. Now with Edwards unlikely to get a title shot next, Mohammed is doing his best to pick a fight and it's definitely getting a response out of Leon. And then it goes on to say, what's the matter, dog? You embarrassed? This guy's a gangster. <laughs> and then he goes, where was this? En- this is Leon Edwards. So that what's the matter, dog, was Bula Muhammad. And then Leon Edwards goes, where was this energy in person? I seen you fight week and you couldn't even look at me. You just walked past me with your head down. Laughing emoji. Ha 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 ha. What the F is happening here? And then Bular replies five hours later, and this is what you come up with? Shake my head, very disappointed. Unfortunately for Mohammed, he is not the only person trying to pick a fight with Edwards. The man with a three-piece and a soda himself, Jorge Mazadal, has also shown interest in finally settling the beef. However, neither man may be in luck thus far. Edwards has remained pretty firm that he plans to wait for a title shot. Again, Boo! Hold on, hold on. Boo! Okay. How, again, how do these guys expect to be stars? Why do you think everybody loves Darren Till? Why do you think everybody loves Nate Diaz? Why do you think everybody loves Conor McGregor? Because Conor McGregor coming up, he was ready to fight anybody and everybody.
So were Nate and Nick. They're until still willing to do that. Why do you think? Because these guys are getting to a point where their record doesn't matter. People just love them because of their personality. Of course, Connor just doesn't fight anybody now because he honestly doesn't need to. Like, how do these guys expect to get anywhere? Like, this upsets me. I love Leon. I love Yair. But how do these guys expect to get anywhere? Like, you know who did the exact opposite? And look at where he's at now is Kamar Usman. That dude fought everybody they put in front of him to the point where they're like, bro, we have to give him a title shot. That's what Darren Till tried to do. He... I honestly thought he beat Robert Whitaker, but the takedowns got Robert Whitaker the win. That's fine. But Darren was ready to go back and fight. He was going to fight Jack Hermanson, but he was still hurt. And then he was going to fight, I want to say Marvin, but then he hurt his neck. So now in August, he's fighting Derek Brunson. That's not a good fight for him because we all know Derek Brunson is going to take him down. But for Leon saying, oh, I'm going to wait. For the title shot, nobody's going to like you. Everybody hates Colby. Like, that's something you expect Colby to do. And it works for Colby. So, again, I'm going to end on this. Boo! Like, come on, bro. That's why everybody loves Max. Alright, I'm out of here, bro. These guys pissed me off. I'm out of here. Deuces, guys. Enjoy the fights. I really do you hope. Enjoy the fights. I don't want people to think I don't like Yair and Leon. I, I'm very big fans of theirs, but it just pisses me off when they start acting like they're Connor or one of the Diaz brothers, bro. Because, like, those guys have earned the right to act like that. Even Jorge has. But, like, everybody thinks they can act like that, and, like, it's not going to work for them. This is my opinion. I may be coming off like an asshole, but I don't know, man. It just upsets me because the sport's not going to grow. I mean, the sports will grow. It'll just grow without them. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I'm out of here. Deuces, guys.